Alright, welcome to episode 34 of Slaying It With Santa Rob. I know at the beginning of the last uh, episode with Kenny, uh, Kenny Metcalf, that I mentioned that that was episode 34. I was wrong, that was episode 33. This is actually 34, and we're going to have a lot of fun with this one. I'm going to be talking to a friend of mine that I've known for several years, um, and it's going to be kind of a free-for-all talk. Whether it's uh, could be wrestling, could be music, might just be life in general. Um, because of music is how I met this person. But uh, after all these years, we've become very good friends. So welcome to Playing It With Santa Rob, my buddy, Reggie Edwards. All right, this is episode 33 of Slaying It With Santa Rob. This is going to be a little different than what we normally do. I'm normally talking to major rock stars, but I took it down about 10 levels today. <laughs> I don't know what I'm thinking. Oh, I, I'm feeling oh it. we're I, going there. <laughs> All right, Bruce. No, 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 no. When I don't, when I talk, I don't sound like a, I don't sound like a guy in a bathroom <laughs> with a door shut, you know, flushing the toilet. That's that's a totally different story that we'll get into later. That's a wrestling reference, by the oh. way. Anyway, oh, no, went there. Early. No, no, no I, I, I'm joking in a severe way. Oh, uh, boy, it's been 13 years. 20. What year did you? 2013. So I, I, I did yeah. my first Petra inter, Petra show, my first Petra fan convention with uh, John Schlitt and the guys from. Uh, the first Petra GHF, and I got a I got a message from from somebody who I had no clue who he was. I thought he was bigger than what he is. And uh, anyway, long story short, I went up to his, his work and did an interview with this guy, and we ended up being friends. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. The, the age gap is insanely huge, but uh, I'm happy to to call this guy my friend, no matter what anybody says. Welcome to the show, Reggie Edwards. How's it going, Rob? Thanks for having me. Well, I, I had to have you because I owe you, you know, a lot of thanks for a lot of things. You know, um, wh- whether it be music related, the guy who messaged one day and said, "Hey, you want to go to Raw?" and I'm going, <laughs> "Are you kidding?" Um, I oh. sat on the, I sat on, you know, ringside because of Reggie Edwards. <laughs> Let's not forget about 2012. You got a random email from somebody that had just moved to Indianapolis asking if the Classic Christian Rock Preservation Society had any jobs. Yeah. Little did he know I was a schmuck in the middle of a cornfield called Indiana (laughs) who had just started this little Facebook group because of a concert that I just put on with John Schlitt. And, uh, yeah, I had to tell Reggie then, of course, I didn't know who he was at the time, that... No. If you had only known. If I would have only known that all all these years later that uh, he'd be sitting in my kitchen and uh, we'd we'd be just joking around, having a good time, doing a silly podcast, talking about wrestling and music. So who would have thought? Who would have thought, you know, but because of you, I got I got killer seats to see uh, Trans-Siberian. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Got to see TSO on the floor. Yeah. Got on the floor at uh, with, with Raw. Yeah. Um, you shot several concerts that I did. Yep. 
And uh, see, I hate to admit that I owe you stuff, but back back in back in 2020, which was a year that we'd all would like to forget, um, I got a, a random message from you on Facebook, and I, I don't know if you if I I don't remember if I saw a post that you made or if we were chatting or something, but you had mentioned that you were downtown uh, shooting pictures for a wrestling outfit, a wrestling promotion. And I'm thinking, oh, well, WWE or somebody's in town that I'm not aware of. And he said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm downtown at WCWO. And I'm going, what's that? Mm-hmm. And that's where he informed me that uh, WCWO is a promotion that had been around for over 40 years at that point. Close to it, probably close, cl- close to 40, 20, 30, maybe 30, something like that. But yeah, yeah I, forever. I just remember the, the number was big. Yeah, forever. And uh, Halloween of that year, uh, I went there for the first time, and uh, WCWO kind of saved my mental state <laughs> in, in, in 2020 and then part of 21, and I was religious there for, shoot, two years. Yeah, felt like 10. Felt like 10. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, the the wrestling. If, if you don't know the wrestling community, it's a tight knit family, for the most part. I won't say that a hundred percent on everybody, but uh, yeah, they they you're you're brought in and you're part of them. And I was part of it for a while, and uh, and I owe that to to Reggie for for letting me know that this cool promotion was in town and I knew nothing about it. And at that point, I I had lived here about twenty eight years. And didn't know anything about it, so yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, you there, there. There's there's so many things we could, we could touch on about this. And before I get into too much, you've got your own podcast. I've got I've got a couple things I do. You, yeah. you so let let yeah. let people know kind of stuff you do. I'm looking at one of your websites now for the Front Row Report. So what is the Front Row Report? Front Row Report is what brought me to Indianapolis in the first place in 2012. It is, at the beginning, I, I would always pitch it as, it's an online music magazine. You know, I interview bands, I review music, I cover concerts, basically anything you would see in like a Revolver or a Loudwire, or, you know, Rolling Stone, anything like that. I do that. And that's what I do in my spare time off to the side from my regular full-time job. Contrary to what people believe, it is not my job. It is not my full-time job. It's a cool hobby. It is. But it's photographing concerts, interviewing bands, writing album reviews. That's basically what it is. And the podcast would be the the interview side of it. And and the cool thing about Front Row is it's not just one genre. No. Reg covers every genre. Everything. You know, it's every... The the thing that always makes me laugh is looking through it and, and listening to your podcast, you're talking about bands that I know nothing about. Yeah, and I sit here thinking you're making up those names. No, <laughs> these bands don't exist. Gargoyle Stones is a real band. Just kidding. <laughs> no, but this is true. But yeah. there, there's there's classic yeah. rock, there's modern rock, there's rap, there's CCM, there's mm-hmm. a little bit of everything on there, and it's a really well rounded mm-hmm. website. And so go check it out. Front Row Report. Uh, there's video interviews on there on the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. It's the only place where you're going to find Marilyn Manson and Michael W. Smith on the exact same day. And yeah, that's bizarre in itself. Yeah, I do that for a reason, though. 
which would be, you know, I obviously I grew up Christian in a Christian home in the church. And I feel, you know, when I started it, obviously I was a Christian and I felt like having a place where you would have a demographic who were into the CCM, the Mercy Me, the Third Day, the Amy Grant, the Chris Tomlin, uh, going there and where else are they going to be exposed to a different side of music at the same time, but at the same right, uh, somebody who's only into Marilyn Manson and Slayer and satanic extreme death metal, Mm -hmm. where else are they going to be exposed to a message that an artist like a Tomlin or a Mercy Me or, you know, a new song or even a a skillet might have at the same time. So it's a way to bring two communities together and show people that music is just music, but there's two completely different messages and they're both good. Right. And that's, that's one of the things, um, that's another topic altogether that I could go to and, when, when I talked to Jamie Rowe a while back, Jamie, lead singer for Guardian. Yeah. And now now his new band, Calamity Kills. So good. Which is just phenomenal. Amazing band. So, so good. To, to understand what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the interview because mm-hmm. the term Christian music is really a sore mm-hmm. topic for a lot of artists. There's a reason a lot of artists that are Christians don't want to be associated with the Christian music industry or don't want to be labeled as a Christian band. They're a band that has a Christian message, but it can relate to anybody because they don't want to be caught up in just, we're witnessing, John Cooper from Skillet said it best, like, and John Schlett, I think, told me, the church has already heard the message. They they don't need to hear it again. Right. Take it to a group that needs you. Isn't that what it's all about in the first place? Well... Quit, quit preaching to the choir is, is, is the best way to go. But but right? but but going back to the website, yeah. yeah, you can see it all in one place. Mm-hmm. Sure, you can you can go to a striper or a skillet show, mm-hmm. and and those guys play a lot of festivals with a lot of secular bands, yeah. and that's over in a couple hours. Yeah. You can go over to the website and check it out anytime, mm-hmm. and check it out because there there's a lot to be there's a lot to soak in. Yeah. So people who shut off music. Stop it. If you don't like a genre, that's one thing. If anybody knows about closed-minded genre hating, that's me. I was about to say. There are things that I just can't stand. Right. But you like what you like. I like what I like, and that's how I am. Let's face it. I'm going to be 62 in a couple months, and I ain't changing now just because Reggie wants me to like gargoyle boils on a forehead band. That third album was good. Yeah, I'm sure it was. (laughs) So Anyway. So you got the front... And this is what this podcast is going to be like, by the way. And I don't edit. Oh, no. <laughs> so, um, oh, boy. So, anyway. so, you got the front row report going. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in Indianapolis. You got a regular job to keep to pay the bills. Yeah. Um, you're shooting, you're shooting <clears throat> photos for as many concerts as you possibly can. You're writing for all kinds of people. Um, I brought up the website today to see how far back your archive went to see if I was still on there. But I couldn't find a search, so you're on the interviews t- page. Yeah, yeah, dude, you're in there. Probably on page one thousand because you've there's been a lot of interviews over you, the years. Robert. You've done a lot of interviews, oh. and it's been a long time. But anyway, yeah. How did you get hooked up with WCWO Wrestling? It was 2020. Nothing was going on. Obviously, you know, just like you said, everybody was in a bad place, and I had gone from 2019 where I was 
shooting and covering between sports for Indy Sports Daily and concerts for Front Row, about 320-some nights, or 300-some nights in 2019. And then 2020 came, and I did the Big Ten Men's Tournament, Big Ten Women's Tournament, and you know, famously the Big Ten Men's Tournament shut down right when day two started. Right. And you go from, you know, and only people like you or people in the entertainment business at all can relate to you go from being gone and being on the road and being involved with all this stuff every day and every night so much, then out of nowhere it's just gone. And yeah. that's an area nobody thought was ever going to go anywhere, too. Yeah. Nobody ever thought concerts and sp- nothing would ever leave. Right. And so as much as we love being home, there's nothing like the rush of a crowd, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it got depressing not just for everybody, but for people in, in our area. Because like, I think I even looked at my wife I'm like, this is what home is like. Like, this is weird. And so, um, summer came, and WCWO started to open back up, and Brian Clark, I'll use his wrestling name, Brian Clark. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'd been shooting sports with him for a few years, and he just messaged me. He's like, hey, I'm getting involved with this local indie wrestling promotion do you want to come take pictures i'm like yeah sure that could be fun like come take some pictures do something wife was cool with it because i got out of the house for the first time in five six months yeah you know much needed space for everybody and i went and did the show and it was great it was a blast nothing you've been there nothing huge in 2020 right nothing special um it was august in the outlaw arena it was hot yeah um but the show was over and we're sitting backstage and I'm just kind of unwinding, cooling off, talking to Brian, talking to Joey. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brian just goes, yeah, Joey, this is my buddy that does all the interviews. Joey's, Joey's the owner of the promotion, yeah. by the way. Joey Owens. Um, love Joey to death. I owe everything I had, any everything I've done in wrestling to Joey, we all do. And he has done more for Indiana Pro Wrestling than anybody will ever give him and his family credit for. Yeah. I will say that. Yep, I agree. Um but Joey's like, really? And Brian's like, yeah, he's done this and this and this. And Joey's like, you think you might want to do some live interviews? I'm like, oh, I should have known this is work. <laughs> sure, that could be fun. How often do you run? About once a month? Oh, every week. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> you know? And I was like, yeah, that could be fun. So I came back the next week with my microphone and all this stuff. We had a backdrop set up, did some live interviews after matches. It went well, and they just kept... Having me come back to eventually become the backstage interview. Rob, I was only supposed to be there one time to take pictures. Right. Once. It turned into me doing the backstage interviewing, which added a whole element that they hadn't had in in a minute. They've they've had it, but it's been it had been a minute. And it went really well, built up a rapport, got along with everybody really well. And then that eventually turned into helping, not all of it, but helping put the shows together, um, put some matches together. Uh, we eventually started running storylines instead of just matches to have matches, mm-hmm. which Brian and I had a huge role and hand in starting that back up. Mm-hmm. And next thing you knew, here we are. It's I started in August of 2020. My first week was also Blake Money Wright's first show. Right. Um, and here we had Jesse Winchester's first show, um, all that. Kate, Kate was still just training. Mm-hmm. Now here we are, 2024, and it's, it's hard to believe that it's been this long, but that's how I got involved with it. Yeah, yeah, because now Blake's career has taken off. Mm-hmm. Jesse's bit busier than ever. Yeah, congratulations to Jesse, by the way. 
Oh, baby. that's right. That's right. Having K- a baby. K- Kate and Jesse, they yeah. got a baby on the way, and yeah. that's that's cool news. Yeah. Um, I was there when, you know, I was, we, me and Brian were two of the ones that pitched Dex Royal getting his first title shot. Yeah. Um, all that. Like, we were there from the ground up. Yeah, so. You know? So it, it was a lot of fun. Um, I don't yeah. remember if it was just my son and I or if the whole family. I it, think was it was just you at first. I think Kevin came with me. Maybe. I know it was for you, for sure, just you, maybe Kevin, but, but yeah, eventually was, you and June and Kevin, then Sammy yeah. eventually came along, and then you left, and Sammy kept showing up. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and by the way, I'm, I, got, uh, I got harassed by my daughter earlier because you're in my house and she's not here. <laughs> so but before before you leave the house tonight, we do have to shoot a selfie and send it to Samantha. She's at Ball State, so go Cardinals. Yes. And anyway, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, it, I that, that's a topic for another time. But sure. yeah, my 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 daughters loves Reggie and Tim and the guys at WCWO. And great uh, taste. And, great and, taste. And she misses them because okay. of school. But yeah. anyway, yeah, um, I went to the Halloween show. Uh, laughed my butt off because of the battle royal that happened because yeah. everybody was in All costume. Yeah, I, I laughed. I yeah. don't remember much of who was who. Cookie Monster won. Cookie Monster did win. He did yeah. I remember? But the thing that I remember the most is uh, the match between Jason mm-hmm. Levi and Dex Royal. Yeah, it was a really good rivalry and feud they had going at that fall. I mean, honestly, the that feud I feel like is. That is what put WCWO back on the map and interested people again. Yeah. Because it was the first storyline that we really put a lot of effort and work into well, building well, over the course of like two, three months. You, be, be, being my first time, I didn't know what to expect here. And, mm-hmm. you know, I saw some interesting stuff. And, I mean, I'm an old guy, but I'm an old school wrestling guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, give me, Bear, give me uh, you know, Bear Von Raschke, uh, The Crusher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the old guys. Honestly, Jason Levi doesn't look like a modern day wrestler, but he he does look like you know back in the day wrestlers weren't always cut and ripped no. and jacked. They had a little bit of a gut and a body yeah, on and, them. And Jason kind of fit what you were into. And you know I I, uh-huh. I, I saw some. I'm not going to say they all sucked, but but there were some matches that I'm think watching going. I paid for this. Yeah. And then Jason, uh, we were sitting there thinking we we booked this. Then we've been there. Jason and Dex came out and did their thing. Yeah, and my attention went up a, a thousand points, and I I was speechless because now all of a sudden they're getting thrown into barricades, they're getting thrown into walls, and this actual stuff is happening for a very very low cost. <laughs> And they're doing things that nobody should be allowed to do. Or, and honestly, Jason was doing things that somebody his size should not be doing. Should not be doing. He'll be the first to say, "I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway." But it, it was so much fun. I mean, I kept going, and and like we said a little bit ago, Kevin, my son, and I, we kept yeah. going. Uh, family, uh, my wife and daughter came with us a few times, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. and uh, one of the one of the reasons I kept coming. Was uh, was Max Sterling? Yeah, he was the champion at he, the time. He was the champion at the time, and he wasn't your typical no. big body built mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan. He was a, a your average American. He's your good old boy. Yeah, he's a good old boy, <clears throat> and that's why he's, he comes out to the music he comes out to. He's Indiana. Know. 
through and through. Yeah, and and as as we called him, he was the heart and soul at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, but uh, he still is. Just heart's, he is. heart's taking a little bit of a rest. Yeah, yeah. And, heart and, worked hard. But uh, yeah, I I don't remember if I said hi to him first or he said hi to me. But all of a sudden, we connected, mm-hmm. and we just we just had a ball, and I was honestly going just to see him every week. And, and uh, about three weeks into it, I remember my, my whole family was with me. And uh, Mac was coming out to do a show to, to put on his match. He's across the ring quite a ways from me. Takes his shirt off and throws it right to me. You know, here comes the thumbs up and the grin. And I'm going, he threw that to me. Wow. Nice. You don't get that at a, at a WWE show. You're planted there to catch the shirt at a WWE show. <laughs> anyway, you know, that, that that was fun, you know, so I kept going for that purpose. Um, Dex is, is a story in himself. He's, he's, a com- he's a superhero comic book acrobat in a ring. You know, there, there, there was just so many cool aspects, but it was such a great way to clear my mind of all the nonsense that was happening. Mm-hmm. When you turn the news on, and to this day, I still don't watch the news. Same. It was in 2020. It was a way, originally, obviously, like I said, supposed to be a photographer. When I became on-air talent, it gave all of us, including me, a chance to escape from reality and play a character and play somebody that we aren't so that we didn't have to think about what was going on in the world at the time. Right. When you set foot inside that building in 2020 to perform... Our goal was to make you guys forget that we were in the middle of a pandemic and that, you know, and it was a way for us, like I said, to escape life, you know. And and as much as I hated wearing masks and and, and (laughs) still I'm still anti-mask, I would wear one there Mm -hmm. because it was the only way I was going to get to see my show. And it was the only way to go to anything public entertainment-wise, period, at the time. The, the, you know, the, the, the next year. That's what it was. Ever, you, you, you just touched on something that just set up a red flag with me. My, I think Kevin was probably six. He and I started going to Supercross. Oh, yeah. Where, I mean, we, we got to see the legends. We, we saw Jeremy, Jeremy McGrath. We oh. saw, we were at nice. Ricky Carmichael's last race. Really? But we when we've only missed a couple of years one because he was deployed and the other one because i think he had a yep. national guard drill sure but we went in 2021 and that was the worst <clears throat> supercross in the universe really? because people were still freaked oh yeah when uh, when you sat you sat in pods mm-hmm. they sold the tickets in pods yeah it was weird so the next people next to us were like 15 feet away mm-hmm. and and but at WCWO, you could still go and wear your mask yeah. and everything was still cool. Yeah. So. It was um, like it didn't, outside the masks, the pandemic did not exist there. Obviously, it, the seating capacity was lower and cut way down. But you walked in there, like I said, you, you, we would make you forget that there was not a pandemic going on. It was like going back a year. I, I remember there was one Friday night. I, I'm the guy in, in Reggie and anybody else who knows me from there who has to have the same place to sit, sit every Friday. Yeah. Period. End of discussion. Yep. But uh, Kevin and I got there and I realized I forgot my mask. And the local gas station didn't have any. 
I drove for like another three or four miles away just to buy a mask and get back and get my seat. Mm-hmm. So that's how important WCWO was to me. It was hard to be the guy that had to remind all of you guys to wear your masks yeah. because I knew everyone hated to do it. But I'm it's, like, I have legally have to tell everyone. Because at the time, I was the hype man. I was the spokesperson. I was the voice. I was the yeah. face. My how times have changed. Things that, things are different. Uh, w- one of my favorite memories of WCWO. I was a Blake Money Wright fanatic. Yep. And I'm trying to remember what came first. He came out, and I don't remember who he was even fighting, but he came out with a fake bottle of wine and calling it Swamp Water. Jordan James. Jordan James, yep. that's right. Yep. Who at the time was the He ultimate, was the Antichrist he, of WCD. Yeah. He, he used the heel. It didn't get bigger heel. Oh, Man. And Blake came out of the ring with his fake bottle of, of wine and put the mic in my face and asked me if I would drink this. And I said, I would never drink swamp water or something to that yeah. effect. Bath water. Bath it water. Bath water. It was bath water, yeah. especially from Mars Hill. But, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. There but are no sweet streets there, by the way. Th- there are no sweet no. streets. It's just, it just doesn't happen. No. But, but uh, that was my first interaction with, with a wrestler during a promo mm-hmm. and it wasn't shortly it was just shortly after I don't remember if it was you or Joey or who it was asked me if I'd stop or asked me if uh, if I'd throw streamers pick up streamers for Blake's call it Joey yep. for Blake's uh, victory that yeah. yeah and it's like really? you know it's like that's how that's how bored my life was but <laughs> But 2020 I'll, was a weird... Well, that was early 21. That was that, January 21. That was, that was yeah. around this time, three, yeah. years, three years ago. And uh, I remember being just thrilled beyond words because I knew what was going to happen and I was going to be a part of it. Yeah. And I got to do that a couple times. But uh, yeah, and, and since then, Blake and I have become friends. Blake's been on the podcast. Mm-hmm. He's a good dude. He is. He, he's a good dude. I love Blake. He's he's awesome. He's, he's a good guy. But uh, and, and like I said, there's... I've I've made good friends. I've been Santa for WCWO. I know you're the wrestling Santa, and uh, it, <laughs> it it felt weird not doing Santa for WCWO this year. Yeah, I was. I've been in the ring a couple times now for WPW. You're the Santa at WCWO South. It's yes, that's it. And 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 getting to getting to take out Jeremy Hadley was oh, that's I'm, always fun. So that's and, always fun. And, uh, such a, he's such a bad person. He he is not a he's good guy. He's horrible. He he's not and, and and once again, I'm not putting my phone down. And go back to cleaning dishes for the kickstand. How much you? money do you owe him for pictures now? Let um, me add. I think I'm in the the wow, I think there's like three trillion. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well that's he, nothing. Marcus yeah. finds way past he, that. He he yeah. uh he confronted me at Christmas and uh <laughs> it didn't go well, did it? <laughs> no, it didn't go well. Things did not end well for Jeremy, but he he worked the WCW a veteran show this last year. I showed up a little bit late, so I got there before the show. He was on one of his giant this is for real. He was on one of his giant rants backstage in the locker room. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he knew, but he sensed me walk in the door, and I'm not kidding, as I walked like you're him. Mm-hmm. I'm me. As soon as I got about right here, right next to me, just turn. And that guy. I'm like, what did I do? I just got here. Like, it's all his fault. That's my Hadley impression. Not Jeremy Hadley. It's all your fault. 
that's my happening. But I mean, and that's <laughs> and that goes back to what I was saying earlier. That the the wrestling family is a pretty cool family. It is. Once you're in, it's almost impossible to not be part of it anymore. I will be interviewing one of my favorites, and uh, one of my interviewing. I think Monday. Uh, Mr. Kripke, Big Whiskey. Oh, nice. Yeah. You got a lot to talk about with him. Yeah. The Netflix thing. Yeah. All that. So, yeah. That's, that's going to be fun. And the, the wrestling thing is, is important to me. Yeah. It, it's gotten me through uh, the absolute worst time in my life over the last few years is wrestling got me through it. Yeah. I'll say that. So. It was there. Things lift. Um, yeah. In... Uh, Oh boy, when was this? Mid things got changed. I want probably late twenty one. Mid to late twenty one. I went to my first concert I wanna say August of twenty twenty. What was it? Outside. It was Kingdom Come. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, I yeah. only went because I was the, shocked that they still put that on that year. Um it was odd. But it was open air, so technically you it, it probably was, could. It and was open let's air. be honest, it doesn't not a lot of people go to it. And, so. and considering the circumstances in the situation that was in the world, mm-hmm. there was a fair amount of people. Yeah, um, I was there to see the protest. Yep, who was one of the last bands that night? Mm-hmm. And uh, they're always the last band one of the two nights. Yeah, yeah. There was there was one band after them, so I was there to see them. So when they were done, I was out out in the room with <laughs> yeah. those guys anyway. Yeah, I sat and talked to to those guys because. So they're 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 good friends of mine. You've had Josh on the. I've had Josh on, yeah. and uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, and they're why where I, why I went. So WCWO kept me going. I got to take it <laughs> one live show in 2020. I did two that year. You did two in 2020. I did two. What were they? November 2020, two days after I was cleared from COVID, I did uh, David Ellison. Okay. At uh, with Bumblefoot at the Emerson. Wow, I, did, yeah. I don't even think I knew that show happened. Not many did. And then, um, even they had masks on stage. Wow. So, And then in December of 2020, I did Saving Abel. Where were they? The Emerson. Wow. Yeah, I know. Um, those were my two shows after. Obviously, I did a few before COVID in 20, but that right. doesn't count. But it, it was, concerts even were weird. But I remember, the and you can probably relate, the first time you were at a concert in 2020. Mm-hmm. That split second when... The lights go down. Mm-hmm. The band comes on. That first, first note that comes through that came through those speakers. Mm-hmm. What was that moment like for you? Um, was it emotional? You know, to the point where you hear your favorite song and you just want to, and you're shaking. Yes, that was it. I cried. Yeah, I, I shed it. I yeah. it was so, it was happy again. Yeah, my my last concert before the before the lockdown yeah. was the Beach Boys. Oh yeah, in Brown County. I, yeah, we, we we got to see the Beach Boys. Yeah. And um, my wife and I had tickets. Uh, let's see, the lockdown was in March. Mm-hmm. We had tickets to see the Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain at the Palladium. That sounds awesome. And uh, if you don't know them, look them up. That sounds amazing. They're they're phenomenal, and they don't come to the United States often. What are they called? The Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain. Okay. And uh, we had tickets to the Palladium in Carmel, and that was like two weeks into the pandemic. Oh. And it's like, this was that still the stretch where people thought it was going to be a week? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I kept checking online, and next thing you know, they're canceling every show. 
Uh, yeah. Kevin and I had tickets for Supercross that year. That yep. went away. I and, was and, and, and to, to rehash this is just sucky. I was loading my car up with my camera gear to go downtown to photograph the Big Ten Men's Tournament Day Two. Yeah. As I'm putting the keys in the ignition, one of our other photographers calls us and said, "Don't come here." They just canceled the tournament while the teams were on the court warming up. Yeah. Nobody's allowed in. Stay home. And then later that day, school's canceled. And yeah. I can it, top you. I worked for the same company for over 14 years. Yeah. Um, we got... Uh, there was an acquisition by another company. Mm. They do the exact same thing that we do. Right. The owner of the company I worked for decided it was time to move on. So another company came in. And uh, several of us stayed. Um, so we're... Second week of March is when the lockdown happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, three of us were in Idaho Falls because that's where our new headquarters is. We're in Idaho Falls, Iowa. Oh, God. I'm or so I- I- Idaho, I'm sorry. Really? You Even you get those states mixed up? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Everybody here does that. So... We there, the, the, and I work for a wonderful company, good people, and they had all these plans to take us out to all these cool restaurants, and, mm-hmm. and we did get to go to these cool restaurants. Um, the last night we were there, they took us to a really nice steakhouse, and that same day, everybody's watching the news saying, "It looks like this is going to be bad. This is this we're in for it." And we we had dinner. Um, the next table to us was like four tables away. Next day rolls around, uh, we're at the airport in Idaho Falls, and because Idaho Falls is where it is, yeah. you have to go through Salt Lake City to get anywhere. Interesting. And we had a, like a five-hour layover in Salt Lake City. In Salt Lake City is where they announced there was a complete lockdown. Oh. And I'm sitting there, oh my God, I'm going to die in Utah. <laughs> That's the first thing that went through my mind. <laughs> my wife calls me. She's at the grocery store because Meyer's just up the road. Mm-hmm. And she said, Rob, you're not going to believe this. They're out of everything. Oh, oh, it was so weird. And she was in line in back of the store. Yeah. Was I was just... in I was in dude, I was in the store for four hours. Yeah. When it was I just remember one of my thoughts was, I swear to God, the last basketball game I ever see in person is a Nebraska game. I'm gonna kill someone. <laughs> So you had the Nebraska game. I had the fear of dying in Utah. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and uh, thank goodness that we did get out of Utah. And uh, and there and yeah. I did. There were good in-flight movies. Yeah. So I got to see a couple good movies on the way home. Salt Lake City is where AEW wrestling was the last show before the lockdown. They were there that Wednesday. They were there that wow. It was Salt Lake City is like the the hub because that's where Rudy Gobert also coughed on the microphone yeah. after the jazz oh, press conference right. yeah. and set everyone off. And, and so just next time there is a flu outbreak, just don't go to Utah. Just go, don't and, go to Utah. And, and, be okay. And and, and nothing, I'm somebody gets in Utah. I, I lived there for a short period of time in another lifetime. Yeah, and it's a good place to visit. Don't live there. They don't even have diet. They, they don't even have high speed internet there. Well, it's that, crazy. They have gerbils. That's... They have gerbils and they sell Jello. Oh, but 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 that's enough of that. Oh God, <laughs> horrible. Oh, and I'm from Iowa. <laughs> but but Iowa's got some cool stuff too. Just not in in a, cities. There's, there's not in cities. They they're not a cornucopia of fun. No, no. no there's they, a reason I'm here. They, they have yeah. the lake that I can never pronounce. Uh, lake Okeechobee. 
Is oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that how it's pronounced? Okaboji. Okaboji. It's Okaboji. Yeah. It's, I'm aware of that. You have to... Yeah. Minnesota O's. It's Okaboji. Okaboji. Okay. That's yeah. the name. It's, it's yes. Okeechobee in my yes, world. Yes, yes, Yeah, the Ozarks, not too far from there. Yeah. You know, depending on what part of Iowa but, you're from, you have the Minnesota accent, sometimes the Wisconsin so, accent. Well, you get into the Wisconsin, for Christ's sake, yeah. you know, and you, know, you go there and See, just catch crappies I was really bummed out because I was going to go to Lambeau to shoot... Um, Purdue, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Wisconsin. That yeah. Year. Oh. And I remember sitting with my with my father in law in in their sunroom, and we were just joking. I'm like, I'm gonna go to Wisconsin and watch, you know, watch the football with some cheese and some beer, yeah. and up north, you know, yeah, it's up gonna north. Be, oh north, okay, north. it's gonna be great. It's gonna be fun, you know, Lambo, and it's just like an hour straight, just cracking each yeah. other up. And yeah. he's like, you okay? I'm like. No Lambo for me. The, the greatest thing about people who have never <laughs> been to Wisconsin when they go there for yeah. the first time is watching them and listening to them pronounce towns in yeah. Wisconsin. Uh-huh. It's enjoyable. We went to see my brother when he was locked up up in Kenosha. Mm-hmm. And on the way back, we stopped at this little mom-and-pop local restaurant. Mm-hmm. So much fun watching them take our orders. Yeah. So awesome. It was great. <laughs> it was great. Highlight of the trip. It's- it was amazing. No, but in, unless you, uh, in, yes. in, in, I'm, I'm from Northern Wisconsin. Oh, okay, but unless you own uh, your own business, mm-hmm. a bar, or work for the paper mill, there's no reason to be where I'm from. Right. Which is why I've been down here for. Well, there's the now. Packers. Well, the, the greatest things in the world have come out of Wisconsin, featuring the world champion Green Bay Packers, yes. Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. Even if I am a Honda guy, I uh-huh. love Harley Davidson. Uh-huh. Uh, cheese. Yeah, can't and, go wrong with cheese. And Eagle River, Wisconsin is the snowmobile capital of the world. Yeah, well, let's not, let's not forget, you know, the Crusher. You got the... Oh, the, the, Le- the Lex Luger played for them. Lex Luger did play for them. Dick the Bruiser played for them. You got time for a quick Lex Luger story? Always. I'm, I'm at a Comic-Con. Imagine that. Uh, I would never imagine. So Ron and I are at a show in... in uh, in Ohio, oh. um, not much going on, but there are some legendary wrestlers there. As there tend to be at those things. So I, I, yeah. I got to meet the Godfather. Oh, he's awesome. Godfather was the coolest it's not, guy. It's not a gimmick. No. That's he, him. That's him. He, you know, his wife created that character. Well, she's awesome. It was awesome. his wife's idea. Even the hose okay. was his wife's idea. But he, he was That's she rated. That's it. Those were characters. <laughs> that's right. Those were characters. <laughs> um, so Godfather was awesome. I met Jake the Snake. Okay, how was he? He's a nice guy. He is now, I'm sure. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. he t- he he took a thousand pictures with me a- awesome. as the Godfather did. I've got nice. the Godfather posing with his with his ring. Uh, Jerry the King. How was he? Jerry was he the, okay? Jerry the King was phenomenal. Okay. He he even did pictures with us when he wasn't behind the table. He I came, saw a picture. Did he have, did he do the platypus? He did. He he okay. held the platypus. Okay. Yeah. Super nice guy, but I. Uh, was walking towards Lex, and anybody who knows me knows I have my great big G on my tattooed on my arm. He saw it, and I was going over to talk to him anyway. He says, "Come here," and you know we start talking. You know a little bit of wrestling, and yeah. and he says, "You want to see something? I don't show very many people." Or you want to? Or he no. Before he said that, he said, "Do you want to learn something that many people don't know?" I said, "Yeah, of course." He pulls out his phone. And he pulls out a picture of him in his Packer uniform. That's awesome. And it's like, 
I said, if I knew, I forgot. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not worthy. I, I had a true Alice Cooper, Wayne's nice. World moment. That's like, I was in um, I was in Korn's lock dressing room. You know, the band Korn. Yeah. Okay, you yeah. know that one. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I was in Korn's dressing room at Rock on the Range 2013. 2013. It was the year, it was the first, the second show that Brian Headwatch was back with the band for. Mm-hmm. He'd come back surprised the month before. He'd done one show the night before. Right. This was Rock on the Range's biggest show. Sure. And I'm in the locker. I'm in the dressing room getting ready to interview, and I'm going to interview Fieldy, the bass player. Sure. Walk off. I'm like, hey, Fieldy, I'm Reggie. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you know, my name's Reggie, too. His real name is Reggie. Okay. I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I think he was expecting me to be surprised. <laughs> he didn't take that well. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know. <laughs> Can you tell me something I don't know, please? Pro- honestly, probably the one of the worst, probably one of the three worst interviews I've ever had. I it was, was bad. I listened to your podcast the other day where you were talking about bad interviews. Oh no! Yeah, and the, oh no! Yeah, that and, one's brutal. Yeah, but it was. Fun, oh, but it was fun no. to listen. So you heard me all talk all about Neil Adams. Huh? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I heard everything. Oh no! I heard that everything. one's not G rated. We, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but. That was a rough one. I, see, I told you guys this was going to be interesting interview and all over the road, and it is, and that's why it's kind of fun. Well, it's because I am all over the place in real life in general. So, what you see on Fridays is a very collected, planned out me. So, <laughs> so now, we, we, yeah, now we've got uh, 2023. Yeah, actually, I'm sorry, we're in 2024. We are. You've done more shows. I have. You've done more wrestling. I have. What's next? So right now, um, I've gone. So it's it's hard when you work for a wrestling promotion, run a music site, and basically run a sports website because I do indie sports daily full-time and have as a well. full time job and three kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's tough, but. Um, you really have to know how to schedule and prioritize. The biggest thing is figuring out what not to do. Right. You know, because you know how easy it is. Like, when you have access to everything. Like, I see a concert get announced. I'm like, I might be able to get credentialed for that. Right. Do I have time? That's the biggest thing. Right. Um, 2023 would probably have been the biggest year because I started legitimately working with WWE. Mm-hmm. More than them just giving me tickets to go to Raw and SmackDown. Right. I covered SummerSlam, Fastlane, and Survivor Series, which you're, you're, you appreciate old school wrestling. Yeah. Seeing war games in person. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Um, so 2024 is the year that I've realized that the wrestling side of Indie Sports Daily has really taken off. Right. Um, I, I don't even think I've told you this, uh, you, but... Uh, in October, after Fastlane, I started a YouTube channel for Indie Sports Daily, and I posted the videos from the WWE press conferences. Since Christmas, yeah, it's gone from twenty six thousand to eighty three thousand views. Wow! Since Christmas, well, I, I got to tell you, I was watching the. You're, you're going to have to remind me which event it was. Oh boy! But I'm 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 just sitting oh back watching. Watching on Peacock, watching it. <laughs> you were probably watching Fastlane because it, it, it was here. Uh, no, it's one of the last ones. Survivor Series. Survivor no Series. Number. It was Survivor Series. <laughs> I, I'm just sitting back. I'm watching the last match, and <laughs> I'm not a guy that sits back and watches press conferences. Right. But right. I, if you I, do, but but I but I, I you left it on. In the I, I left it on, and I'm I'm getting a kick out of it. Yeah. 
And uh, now we have a question from uh, Reggie Edwards from uh, Indie Sports Daily. And my heart stopped. And I looked up, and there you are. I'm on your TV now, Rob. I'm on your TV now. There's no escaping. (laughs) Man, that was a shot in the dark, man. Um, I wanted to cover SummerSlam, but I didn't think it was a possibility because it's Detroit and it's WWE. Right. And we're Indie Sports Daily. And we cover some big stuff, bowl games, tournaments, all that, you yeah. know. Like, I've done some really cool sports stuff. Uh, been able to be on the court in the field with legends, Coach K, mm-hmm. Gino. But this is WWE, and they're notorious for never approving media for anything. Right. So they don't need it. Put in for it, forgot about it, completely forgot. And then I loaded up my August, and then I get a random email. Oh, your request to cover SummerSlam has been approved. I said one word, and I can't say it on this podcast. You can imagine what that was. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, okay. And press conference happened. I didn't go because it was a five-hour drive. Yeah. But then Fastlane came, and I'm like, oh, we'll put in for that. Didn't hear back. Then the week before the show, you're approved. I'm like... Okay, this is getting real. Then Survivor said, okay. So I went to most press conferences, and you saw what happened. And, yeah, like, sitting there with that WWE microphone in your hand, like, no one's stopping me from being here right now. Right. Like, I probably shouldn't, but I am. (laughs) You know, I'm going to talk to Triple H. I'm going to talk to John Cena. Like, this is what? Right. Okay. You know, and it was fun, but... 2024, I've realized that the the views are going up, the subscribers are constantly going up every day. So, focusing on res- being wrestling media mm-hmm. is something I'm focusing on this year. Right. That I've I've taken a step back with actual sports because physically it's hard. Right. You know, like people don't think about what it's like to stand on a football field. Right. For four hours. Well. The last event with a heavy I, with a heavy camera. The last event I saw you out was at uh, one of the worst football oh, games ever. Oh, that was bad. Other than the fact that Ball State did beat ISU. Yeah, thanks. And, and thanks. Uh, Me and Jay Beaver still. And in yeah. watching Jay Beaver have a meltdown, <laughs> I but, was just on the inside. But 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 <laughs> but we were watching you on the field. Yeah. It meant, meant if, if any y'all know what, who what where's Waldo is. We were <laughs> we were playing where's Reggie because he was moving. Everywhere, yeah, and uh, Samantha kept finding you. Yeah, did you see me struggling out there? Yeah, because yeah. it, it was a terrible football game. It was cold. It was raining. I was in pain. I messed my ankle up. It was great, but uh, yeah. it's hard. Yeah, it, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's it, hard on your back. It's hard on your knees. It's hard on your car. It you're is. Putting, you're you're well, doing a lot of mileage yeah. on that ba- stuff. Basketball is harder because you're sitting Indian style, back straight up, Indian style on a on a wooden court or a semi wooden court, right. like a hard floor, right. For four hours, and if the game's on TV, televised, primetime, it's longer. Right. Um, and it's it's normal for my knees and my back to lock up. It's physically hard. There's yeah. times where I lay down in bed after getting back from a night game at 2.30 in the morning, sure. pop my back, and it sounds like bubble wrap. It hurts. Yeah. So I've, I'm still doing sports right now. We're in the middle of basketball season, so I'm doing the Mad Ants, mm-hmm. which is fun because you see a lot of the Pacers players before they get called up, come mm-hmm. down, all that stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, then... Indiana Fever I've been covering since 19, which is really cool. Right. Then, So only doing the sports that I really want to do this year, focusing more on the front row report because that's what I love. There's no rush like a sold-out concert. Right. There's no rush. Like a sold-out game is fun, the decibels. Right. But it's different. It, it's got a, it depends on the kind of game it is, too. It does. It does. An Indiana State game, not so much, but, you know, 
the if, if you yeah. got called up to to say, um, hey, we need you at Lambeau Field. Oh, that's a goal. You're there in a heartbeat. Oh, that's a goal. That's that will happen one day. If, if you're called right. up to go to Soldier Field, that's yeah. a hard pass because because just in case you don't know, Whew. the Bears still suck. One of my favorite pictures I have somewhere is a picture of me in Chicago decked out in all my Packers gear standing right in front of uh, Soldier Field. Yeah. I'm very happy that day. Yeah. Uh, but focusing on concerts this year, um, building that back up because it did take a back burner. Mm-hmm. Because the way we get treated as photographers and media at concerts is not always good. Yeah. It's rough. You know, I've been, I've been talked down to like a dog. I've been, it, it's not, you know, I've been spit on. I've been... My bands, I've been almost kicked. I've had water poured on me. Yeah. I've had fans get mad that I'm standing in front of them in a show, right. and they poured beer all over my camera. I mean, it's, concerts are—it's very easy. And then when you get turned down and denied, you don't always get a—you don't—you don't get a reason. You just get told no. You just get told no. And yeah. you can shoot a band tw- fifteen times, then get denied for no reason because right. they—you know. Like I did with Ghost last year and Hailstorm mm-hmm. the year before, but yeah. it happens. But trying to build the front row back up to where I want it to be and what I love. Focusing on wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's something I'm doing right now as well. That's been a lot of fun. I've got, I think I've got like nine interviews set up right now. That's cool. That I just did that I just got set up last night. Nice. Um, because I put a post out and should have known better. Yeah. Um, but you know, focusing on wrestling and, and music and then Covering the sports that I that I want to, there's no reason for me to go to IU to cover IU and Rutgers. Right. There's no reason to go shoot Purdue versus Northwestern. Right. You know, there's there's no reason for that. Put them in the Final Four, and then we'll talk. Right. You know. So I mean, this year just doing the stuff that I want to do because when my daughter was growing up, I wasn't always home every night to spend time with her so just making sure i'm home more mm-hmm. for for our two youngest kids is what i want to do this year and focus on the stuff that i want to do sure. and then somehow finding a way to for the love of god make those fans like me again they're brutal rob <laughs> well see that's i've got a, a 28 year old and a 19 year old yeah i never want to see anybody younger than 19 in my house again Right, yes. I've got two two and a half year olds. Rob, I've got a twelve year almost a twelve year old next month and two two and a half year olds, and good God, man, it's, it's cute. Eventually goes away. Oh, I know. Yeah, when they get to be almost twelve. When you Ooh, when man. you uh, see a show's coming to town, a concert's coming mm-hmm. to town, how far in advance do you? put in your request to shoot the show you never want to put in for more than you never want to put in more than two weeks ahead of time okay you'll never find out more more than a week ahead of time there's been times where i found out the the day of see i forgot that was another thing you mm-hmm. set up for me uh-huh. because of you i got to go to the uh the arena show with uh Motley Crue and Def Leppard. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. I knew there was another one. Yeah, see, I'm... and I found out the day before. Yeah, yeah, and I, and yes, I was the guy who left right after Def Leppard because a lot I, of people did. I, a lot of people. I Motley's just... not good live. Yeah, yeah, you find out with a lot of them. You find out the day of, the day before. When I got to that show, mm-hmm. I found out that night I was approved for a show the night before. Oh wow! And so you, when you see a show's coming up, put it on your calendar, and then just don't schedule anything. Just try to keep it open. Keep it open because you don't know. Well, Sometimes you'll get lucky and you'll find out ahead of time. Just so you've got it, uh, I'm going to see Extreme. I know. I can't go. Oh, you can't say. I'm, it's my daughter's 12th birthday. Oh, see. And, and you're excused from that one. 
I, I am how I am the guy that was trying to find a way to move my twin kids' birthday party to a different weekend so I could go to Rock on the Range last year. <laughs> I, I've always wanted to see Gary Schroen and Nuno. So me too. So Kevin and I are going to that. Yes, uh, and Living Color as well. Living Color. Oh. and so we'll see if I uh, I don't remember his name. We'll see if lead singer falls off the stage the way he Gary did. Gary Schroen. No, Living Color. Corey Glover. Yeah, Corey. Yeah, he fell off the stage at the Rolling Stones oh, when they Lord. opened up for the Stones on Voodoo Lounge. Oh. oh, and that that was at the Dome. Yeah. So that that's another story. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We're going to uh, Ron and I, or Kevin, are going to see uh, the Sammy Hagar tour. Okay. Yeah. And and today or last night, I saw the announcement and then went nuts. I'm going to see a band I thought I would never get to see in a million years, and that's Uriah Heep. Oh, they are playing. Did you see that Saxon? Saxon and, is, and oh, Sax, Saxon's opening up for Uriah Heep. That's right. Brown yes, County. Brown County. Um, did you I'm in, see? I'm in the third row, Reggie. Oh. <laughs> well, Judas Priest is coming? I've got tickets for Priest. Yep. That's the yep. other one I forgot. Are you familiar with Sabaton? I am not familiar, but I've read a lot of great things, and so, I need to listen to a lot of stuff by them. Uh, prog metal that is all about wars and battles. Okay. Yes. Um, did you see Striper is doing an acoustic tour? They are. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if I want to go to Hobart, Indiana to see that, though. Um, no, they'll come around here. Yep. Yeah, they'll show up here. They'll come to the Vogue, or something. Uh, yeah, they'll, they'll do something. Mm-hmm. The uh, here, here's here's a way back for you. My first Striper show ever. I was still living in Northern Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, Ron was living here already. Okay. He calls me out of the blue and he says Striper's coming to Indianapolis and. Uh, yep, that that band's opening up for him. Mike Tramp's band, uh, White, White Line. Oh. Wait, like wait, wait? yeah, wait, and, and, yeah, and, and, and it was a good show. But oh, anyway, wife, back back then, my uh, oldest brother owned the taxi service in, in Rhinelander, and I said, "David, I need these days off. Right. I'm, I'm driving to Indianapolis." And and one of his other drivers, Danny, came with me. Danny's got this old Subaru, right? So we jump in Danny's Subaru, drive all the way to Indianapolis, go pick up Ron. And go to Clues Hall to see the To Hell with the Devil tour. Ooh. We saw Striper for the first time at Clues. Oh, nice. That's at Butler, right? Yeah. My first Striper show was not that far back because I was not alive yet. But it was 2011, July 2011. Mm-hmm. You'll love this. I saw a Christian rock festival featuring Striper in Zion. Wow. Zion, Illinois. Wow. Day two were, yeah, day two or three was rock day. So it had uh, Flatfoot 56, which is like Christian Dropkick Murphys or mm-hmm. Celtic Punk. Disciple. Mm-hmm. Project 86. Thousand Foot Crutch. Okay. Striper. Yeah. Red. Wow. And Skillet. Wow. Yes. That's, that's a, uh, that's. And somehow Rebecca St. James was on that day. Did she do good? Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to bash anybody. She played that one song. I, I'm, I'm going to mention something. I hate not, for King and Country. Say so I'm not a fan. You can't stand. I, I went to a festival. Went, went to one of the. Uh, I don't remember. I think they called it the Rock and Worship Roadshow. Been there. I was there. What year was that? Uh, Skillet was the headliner. 2014. Uh, and I was there for Skillet. Yes. I was there because Peter Furler was there. Yes. That wasn't the road show, though. That was the spring tour after the road show but in March with the same lineup. Guess why I walked out of the show. Jamie Grace. Yes. Yes. 
I'm, I yes. sat there thinking, why? See, I don't hate Jamie Grace. She's definitely different, but she, I didn't she, hate she, her. She didn't belong in that I agree. set. I mean, thir- that's right. Third Day was the other band. Yes. You know what band I missed that was on that tour? Who's that? We is human. We, yeah, and I got to see them a couple times. I became, I don't know if I've told you, their singer Justin. Yeah, you, I know I this. I very good yeah. friends with him yeah. over the years. And when that band broke up because of all of that... All, all the stuff. I, I was devastated. Yeah. And I don't know if I told you this, but I ran into him at Rock on the Range 2017. Okay. The band had been broken up for over a year. Mm-hmm. And um, I know, I've never talked about this publicly, but screw it, because screw her. Um, I know the female. Oh. Yes. Um, she's out of the industry now, so who cares? Um, so Chris Jericho's entrance thing, Judas, is mm-hmm. written by Justin from We As Human about his affair. I think you told me that once yeah, upon a time. Probably. And um, I were, Rock on the Range 2017 was my honeymoon, by the way. Because oh, wow. yeah, Metallica, Skillet, yeah. Fallbeat. And my wife and I are in the media tent and walks her. Not going to mention the name. Yeah. And walks her. I'm like, oh my gosh, how are you? And then in walks Justin. I was like, ah, oh, dude, no. He's like, Reggie. I'm like, Dude, <laughs> like I kind of have my suspicions. Was like, no. Uh, we had a great talk though. Yeah, it was good. a really good conversation. But yeah, like I really missed that band because they were yeah. so they were so good. good. The first time I oh, saw them, man. they were like the opening act at a Winter Jam. Yeah, 2012. Yeah, you know who else was on that? Skillet for King and Country King was and on Country. that. That's right. That was the first time I saw them. It was uh, Skillet. Sanctus Real was on that. Yes, Fur- Furler was on that. Yes. It was a good winter jam. Yeah, and they there really hasn't been a great one since. Well, the last one Skillet did was good. Well, yeah. I mean, I went uh, the last one. Uh-huh. I went to Newsboys. I was w- there. Was, was there and uh, uh, Jen from Skillet was Jen, on. Yeah, yes. Jen was there. Yeah, new song was on that. New new song was on that, yeah. and uh, we got in because of uh, new songs guitar player yeah. Rico. Yes, yes, yes. Rico yes, Thomas yes. got us in, and we yeah. got we Sammy and I hung out with Rico and yeah. You know, I miss. I mean, once again, I'm I'm very selective in what I listen to, and yeah. I'm to the point where if I don't recognize them, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, winter. I'm to the point this year and last year, I only recognize maybe two bands on Winter Jam every year now. Yeah, I it, don't. And I'm gonna be honest. Like as much as I love them as people, Seventh Day Slumber is not a big enough rock band to be on Winter Jam. Right? They're not. I don't get it. Will you text Kevin tell him when he's done? Yeah, they're just not a big enough band to be on that. And I, the fact that that's the rock band, like I just, I've never been into them. Right. I'm not blown away by anything on Winter yeah. Jam in 22 or in 23 or yeah. 24. No, I'm they, just not. They, they all serve the purpose, and I'm glad they're there for the people who like them. I've personally grown out of it. I'm, when I'm listening to classic Christian rock, I'm listening to Petra, and I'm listening mm-hmm. to, to to White Cross. I'm listening to Striper, you know. Um, and speaking of Striper, if you haven't listened to my Kenny Metcalf interview yet, do it. Great interview. Kenny's from the early days of Striper. That's what I like about your podcast is you bring on people that fans remember but also don't realize they remember. Right. At the same time. Yeah, I mean. They, and you get them to talk about topics that you that have never been talked about before. You know, and, and that's just everybody knows yeah. Kenny's playing, but nobody knows that that's Kenny. Right. He was the original touring keyboard player for the first two albums. Yeah, and who would have thought that Striper and Elton John would have a connection? Yeah, like so. There's some there's some knew? cool stuff, and and I'm not going to go into detail, but there's some phenomenal things lined up um, on the podcast in the very near future, and those will be announced soon. Did you ask Jamie about the Striper cover record they did? You know, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. The, the, my my, I have a story though. <laughs> 
Guardian, and we talked about this on the interview, Guardian uh, was at Church of X. I heard that story. I listened to that podcast. And uh, yes. Ron and I were there. Yeah. And the they had not released, or had they just released? I don't remember. But they weren't doing any of the Striper covers. Right. Ron and I wanted to hear Come On Rock. Yeah. And we drove Jamie nuts. I remember him talking about it. it. <laughs> I think in the interview, he was like, that was you? Yeah. And, and then, and then that, yeah. And Jamie's such a cool guy. He's always been a cool guy. But but there, I've got a, a lot of really cool interviews coming up that I'm going to talk about soon. Yeah. Um, things are lining up. Dates haven't been set. But they're 97% there. And some of the stuff is going to make you draw a drop. Yeah. You, you mentioned one before the interview that I am very excited about There's one listening to. I Very interested. There, there's, Intrigued. There's going to be a lot of intriguing coming up. Flabbergasted. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it should, and, be, should be interesting. That one may get a lot of traffic and traction. It will. Yeah. It, I, and I've had a lot of cool... Cool guest so far. I'm not going to complain about anybody oh, that, yeah. that I've ever you've, had on. I'm really impressed with the guests that you've gotten. Honestly, yeah. I mean, your number thirty-four. Yeah. Uh, I've done three offshoots that I just mm-hmm. did at Comic Cons. Yep. Just walking around talking to a handful mm-hmm. of cartoonists. Yeah. And uh, and I'll probably do. Welcome to episode 34 of Slaying It with Santa Rob. I know at the beginning of the last uh, episode with Kenny, uh, Kenny Metcalf, that I mentioned that that was episode 34. I was wrong. That was episode 33. This is actually 34. We're going to have a lot of fun with this one. I'm going to be talking to a friend of mine that I've known for several years. Um, and it's going to be kind of a free-for-all talk. Whether it's uh, could be wrestling, could be music might just be life in general um because of music is how i met this person but uh after all these years we've become very good friends so welcome to playing it with santa rob my buddy reggie edwards I'm listening to our ramblings. I want to thank Reggie for uh, coming by the house today and uh, just shooting the breeze and talking about uh, wrestling and music and life in general. That was a good time. You uh, you never know what we're going to end up talking about when uh, he and I are together. And then I, I like that free for all style. That was a good time. If you like that, hey, let me know. Send me a message over on my. Uh, Facebook page, Slaying It with Santa Rob, and on the, if you uh, follow me on Spotify, if you listen on Spotify, please hit that follow, subscribe button. We need to get the word out on what's going on here on Slaying It with Santa Rob. So once again, thanks Reggie for coming by, and thank you to uh, BSC Enterprises. That's Brett Christmas Mustache Wax, the home of Santa Rob Mustache Wax. Head over to bscenterprises.com and use discount code SANTAROB and save 15% on your first order. 
And my other awesome uh, sponsor, thank you to Brad White and his crew at Hotspot Collectibles and Toys. If you're into collecting things, uh, video games, old video game systems, uh, Hot Wheels, Star Wars, G.I. Joe's, you name it, head over to uh, Hotspot Collectibles uh, and Toys.com. Use that discount code again, which is Santa Rob, and uh, save 15%. Uh, got some big interviews coming up for you in the next few weeks. So be prepared. We got a lot of fun, a lot of good stuff coming up. And don't forget, if you're on Spotify or whatever platform you follow, hit that subscribe button so you can see what's going on. And I will see you next week slaying it with Santa Rob. <laughs>